With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. A great pleasure to be back on board to talk about the NHL and the Minnesota Wild. Once again today, it is the season preview for Brave the Wild. We're going to talk about the Wild in the first segment, in general, kind of previewing the Wild season uh, talk a bit more about the changes and all that. Obviously, we kind of covered that during the course of the off season, and of course, the final edition of Matt Cullen. So wonderful, we got him on board for one million dollars at age forty. Welcome aboard, Matt Cullen. He's actually going to be turning forty-one, born in nineteen seventy-six. He's as old as my wife. Wow, crazy. So yeah, welcome aboard to Matt Cullen, <laughs> Virginia, Minnesota's finest. Obviously, member of the Carolina Hurricanes forever. Came to the Wild for a few years. Left for Nashville. For a year or two, off to uh, Pittsburgh. Wonderful success there. Has just hung on with the second-line center for so long in the National Hockey League. Ended up moving down into the bottom six as he got older and older. And just filled the role just spectacularly. Didn't lose a step. He's still quick. Great hands. All the above. A guy who just keeps up with this game regardless of his age. And it's been wonderful in the wild. Hopefully, too, we'll get the uh, same results once again this year, which probably will be his last season. But I suppose you never know with a guy like Yarm or Yager who's hung around. I wouldn't say he's fast, but he's certainly able to score <laughs> at a reasonable rate as he's approaching the age of 45. That's Yarm or Yager. His name is starting to float around. Teams are finally starting to talk about Yarm or Yager here at the very, very end of September. In fact, midnight tonight. October 1st is upon us, so that's why we got to get this season preview up and running. Just a quick, quick note, just to let you know, the second segment was recorded before this one in this episode. I just, just letting you know, the NHL preview was already done as I talk here, right here, right now. So, but I am standing by everything I predicted in the second segment. No major crazy stuff uh, has changed since then. I would have to say. So, <laughs> just gonna kind of keep moving forward. Um, Matt Collin had already signed at that point, so. That was that. Um, Folingo had not officially signed at that stage. The cuts obviously had not been made at that stage either. The Wild are down to 24 players at this point, looking to cut at least one more. Carson Soucy and Ryan Malone. So Ryan Malone's uh, whole deal. Uh, he looked okay in the preseason. He's age 37. He'd been. It was fun to keep up with him. He's had uh, some solid success. 
throughout his NHL career, but unfortunately he will be going back to Iowa at this point. But hey, he's still playing professional hockey and he could be called up. Uh, the name that was not mentioned very often, but he has been a very interesting addition, Daniel Winnick. He's a NHL veteran at this stage, obviously 32 years old, so he's not that old. Looking to make that fourth line, Daniel Winnick, he's been in the league for quite a while. He was drafted in the ninth round by the Arizona Coyotes back in 2004. Ah, uh, he's actually Jack Parisi's age, born in 85, 1985. Started off with Arizona, of course. Mostly a bottom six guy, penalty kill, outstanding penalty killer, and a lot of people do believe he's going to make the final roster, which would mean Luke Cunning or Erickson Eck will be on their way to Iowa. So no major thing where some where anybody's going to get cut or anything. Um, the Wild have not sent Mike Riley down yet. They chose to send Carson Soucy down. A lot of people a little surprised about that. Olafson. The Goose cannot be sent down without being put on waivers, and odds are he would get claimed. So the Wild kind of stuck there. Looks like Mike Riley will be on the NHL roster with the Goose. Gustav Olsson, of course, Kyle Quincy will be taking on that uh, Nate Prosser role uh, because you got to think Mike Riley and Olsson are going to get significant ice time out there, at least as the bottom pair. Kyle Quincy, well, we'll see. I mean, he's a solid stalwart of their stalwart defenseman over many years in the NHL of Detroit and others. We'll talk about him in a second. We'll get back to Winnick because I didn't talk about him at all so far. Uh, he had a career high in the 13-14 copyright Dan Cole years during <laughs> copyright Dan Cole during his stint with, that's right, Bruce Boudreaux and the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, seems to be a trend. A lot of guys tend to have career seasons with Bruce Boudreaux in charge. You think I you think I have any dislike for our coach? I love Bruce Boudreaux. Maybe he's a little bit like me sometimes where he kind of gets a little bit funky, like making fun of guys when they're not handling their role very well or not having a good day. Like that may have irritated uh, Dubnik and others last year when he kind of did that little like, okay, well, if you're not going to do it, well, where's, where, where's Darcy? I'm looking down the hallway. Hey, Darcy, you coming? It's kind of like that. <laughs> kind of sarcastic uh, approach by... Coach Bruce Boudreaux in that uh, last season during the Blackhawks game on national television. Yeah, that wasn't a very fun night for us. But uh, yeah, um, so many guys have success under Bruce Boudreaux and Daniel Winnick as well. Um, you know, nothing prolific. I think he's like a better version of Chris Stewart, really. I mean, I think he's smarter. You know, a, a lot of you out there, I got in an argument with somebody about him on... Uh, I believe it was Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Pretty sure. It might have been one of the others out there because I'm a member of several pages and I love Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Chance Kostick, my brother-in-law. Obviously, his, his, his sister is my brother's wife, my, his sister Clover. So, very cool. Um, so, it's um, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, some people, they really like, they, they swear by Chris Stewart. I don't know. I mean, Daniel Winnick. He's a little bit older. Chris Stewart's had prolific scoring in his past, but that was like his second year in the his second year in the NHL, and he hasn't done it since. Um, Stewart scored 13 goals last year. Winnick scored 12 goals last year with Boudreaux's former club, Washington. Obviously, Boudreaux was not there last year. Very talented <laughs> team in Washington. Winnick again, a bottom six guy. He'll spend most of his time on the fourth line, but he will be in the NHL. He's not somebody you're going to be sending down to the AHL, unless he's flat out horrible and somebody uh, 
It's one of the young guys punting, or of course Erickson Eck, if either one of them is down there. I'm thinking Erickson Eck's going to be on the wild to start out the season. Um, but if somebody just starts shocking the world, you might have to make some type of move. Maybe when it goes down there. But right now, I think he'll be on the NHL roster. And Cunning is on his way to Iowa to continue to develop because Erickson X got a year on Cunning. So that's the point there. Winnick will bring something to this club. I got to thank Ed Knight fourth line. And, uh, you know, I'm not against it. Funny, ironic little coincidence, both Winnick and Chris Stewart from Toronto, Ontario. Though, of course, everybody's from Toronto, Ontario. No, no, I better watch it. Uh... I made a mistake, a little addendum and errata, as another podcast would say, a fun uh, arcade game podcast out there, retro arcades, of course, would say, um, I was talking about Tyler Ennis being a second line second line left winger. No, he's going to be third line, obviously. I mean, I should have known better because you got the, the Granlin, Koivu Zucker line, you got Eric Stahl with Niederreiter and Coyle or Niederreiter and Parisi. You hope Parisi... Parisi, of course, going through back issues. He's just finally practicing again. He's been unavailable the whole preseason. So major frustration going on there with not as young anymore, Zach Parisi. Still, um, when he is available, when he's healthy, he's good. But he's been playing on the flank. He's not been playing close to the net uh, during the course of last season. And a lot of people were wondering what's going on. And that's why you saw less scoring from Parisi. The back injury, you don't really want him close to the net if his back is is causing a whole lot of problems. And that's one of the issues. not sure what's going on with young Mr. Parisi there. Well, obviously, we, we do know what's going on. Sorry. But um, that's the frustration, uh, and that's where we weren't sure what was going on because people didn't talk about the back until later. They're like, what's going on with Parisi? And then, well, that's what took place last season. We found out more about it last year, whereas the year before, nobody knew what the hell was the, what the, hell the problem was. Uh, obviously, no major trades since then. The biggest trade of the offseason was... Fulling going and and Ennis, Enis Ennis, which is again Jared Spurgeon's best friend growing up. They're both from Edmonton, Alberta. They're both very short, but they're skilled guys. Uh, Spurgeon, I think, is going to have a better overall career the way things are going. But um, yeah, that was the major <laughs> trade. Obviously, we talked about that on two shows now, so we don't need to go over it again. Um, Scandella gone, of course. He's a big loss. That's why a lot of people thought that uh, Carson Susie of Minnesota Duluth, and of course, uh, born in Canada, would end up being that stalwart anchor defenseman. He would make the NHL roster right now. Mike Riley would probably go down to the AHL, fair or not, he would have to, and to at least get Carson Soucy, you know, to get his feet wet. But unfortunately for Soucy, he is going to Iowa, and the Wild will go with uh, Mike Riley, I guess. They're confident in Kyle Quincy. Uh, I, I also do believe Ryan Murphy is going to be sent down as well. He's not been too good in the preseason. He's another one of those players that uh, still hanging around. So you got to get down to 23. Don't expect Ryan Murphy to make the NHL roster, but he's still hanging on. So mm, maybe the Wilds do hang on to both Cunning and Erickson Eck, but I think ultimately Erickson Eck for sure will be on the Wild roster. He'll be the third line center if it's not Charlie Coyle. Otherwise, Erickson Eck will be the Erickson Eck will be paired up with Charlie Coyle on the third line or Colin on the fourth line. But Matt Colin will pretty much 100% chance to be on the fourth line as the center. Uh, though, of course, you can move him anywhere. You could have him on the penalty kill. You could have him on the power play. You could have him at the center. You could have him at the wing. He is pretty much an anything, everything type of guy. And that's why he's so bleep and valuable. 
and we appreciate him oh so very much. Eric Seneca's got third or fourth line center written all over him at this stage coming in. But again, you never know. Maybe he'll be on the wing with Matt Cullen in the fourth line. But um, I keep, did I call him Joel? It's Yule Eriksson-Eck. So that's where things head there. Tyler Ennis will be on the third line, more than likely, with Yule Tide, Yule Eriksson-Eck, and Chris, uh, excuse me, and Charlie Coyle at this particular stage, depending on how things go with Parisi's injury. That's another reason. If Parisi's out, Luke Cunningham will be on the NHL roster, more than likely, because Luke Cunningham's the closest thing to a Parisi and might as well continue to get, get his feet wet in the NHL after a short stint in the AHL last season. Man, hopefully Dmitry Sokolov continues where he left off last season. That's what I'm excited about. The Russian that was taken in the seventh round in the 2016 draft. Um, Kaprizov, of course, 2015. We're still hoping and praying that he'll be in the NHL at some point sooner than later. All kinds of talk about the third, uh, the three-year contract extension, or is it really, is he really stuck there, or can he get out of it? This and that. That's still up in the air. No one really knows what's going on with that. Um, so we're just gonna have to wait and see. It's just kind of, it's just one of those things we're gonna have to let play out. The other major thing that took place just this last week was Ryan Svedberg sent down to Iowa, to Iowa, and Alex Daylock has won the backup goalie position. Uh, Steve McCulloch, Mike Michalik, I've been calling him McCulloch, but it's Steve Michalik also, who was uh, sent to Iowa pretty quickly, but fantastic outings when he was out there in the preseason. Just really impressed with Steve Michalik. The Wild, you know, as much as we believe the cupboards are dry at goalie, they're really not. Uh, Steve Michalik was taken in the late rounds a few years back. It's been a little while now. But he's coming around. He's getting better and better. Of course, Darcy Kemper off to the Kings. Good riddance at this stage. Alex Daylock, a lot of people do believe, will fill the backup role great this season. And, you know, he's got, yeah, he's, he's had some experience. Obviously, he knows his role. He's got a good attitude. People love him in the locker room. We could go on and on about that. But it's true. That's the best part. And Staylock just turned 30. So he's actually a year younger than Dubnik. So it's not like he's really old or really young or whatever. So he's ready to go. He's got the experience and all that. He's not damaged goods. That's the other good thing with Nicholas Backstrom in the past. Damaged goods, whether he was a backup or a starter, it got horrible at the end where he couldn't even move anymore. Um, if you can't move, you're not a real good goalie anymore, and that's what happened to old Nicky Backstrom. Um, we appreciate the uh, contributions he brought to this team over a very long period of time. I continue to bounce around here, but yeah, we're talking about goalies. Um, Capo Kalkinen is doing awesome. Capo Kalkinen uh, <laughs> a big shout out to young Mr. Pavel Bunyat over there um, in the Czech Republic. Absolutely loves <laughs> Kapokalkanen. He's doing very well over there in the Euro Leagues. He is uh, one of the best. He's got to be probably the best goalie prospect out there. Would be nice to see him sign with the Minnesota Wild at some point at the end of the year. And um, not necessarily be on the NHL roster, but, you know, come to the United States, go from there, see him in the AHL. Hopefully he jumps, just jumps right in and does a great job there at some point, maybe the end of this season or at some point starting out next season. We'll see. But Kabu Kokonen continues his uh, ascension out there, and that's a really good sign. Yeah, again, Alex Stalock is not necessarily at the end of his career or anything. He's got quite a bit of time left, and he was solid last season in the little bit of time he got out there at the end of the year. I think the Wild waited a little too long, and that was the hope last year was that the Wild would have a competent backup to rest Devin Dubnik, and unfortunately we didn't, and that was the undoing of the Wild last season. 
Um, I said some harsh words about how we just sucked in that postseason and everything. It wasn't that we sucked. It's just that we couldn't match St. Louis's intensity at the end. And uh, at the end, you know, we, we did for the longest time. And then it just seemed like we got worse and worse for a while. And then, of course, the, ga- the way Game 5 started, it was extremely frustrating. And it's like you've got a thousand shots on that and you can't finish. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Jake Allen just kind of did his, did his number on the wild last year. And that was extremely frustrating for everybody. With that said, you'll be hearing me talk extensively about the St. Louis Blues in the second segment. Maybe not the most positive thing either. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to. Uh, the Wilds' chances of making the playoffs extremely good, I would have to say. Yeah, uh, this Wild team is going to make the postseason. Another year under Bruce Boudreau. Why shouldn't they? Again, the veteran edition of Matt Cullen. Hopefully, Marcus Foligno can continue to develop in a positive way. Hopefully, Tyler Ennis can stay healthy. Daniel Winnick brings a valuable uh, penalty kill to the Wild. Again, Jason Zucker, Nito Niederreiter. You can go on with those guys, Charlie Coyle, Mikhail Granlund. Those are obviously, that's the free, that that's the first wave of guys that are still here. Uh, Jonas Brodeen um, among and Dumba. Those guys also a part of that first wave, you could say, uh, that came in a few years back, about 2013, 2014, where people were hoping one of them would be a star. None of them has become that, but they've all become solid players. Will any of them ever score 30 goals? I would be real nice. If if it's going to be anybody, it probably would be Coyle, but his inconsistency is what's kept him from doing that. Mikhail Granlin, I think, will lead the team in scoring overall during the regular season. I do see a continued uh, improvement from Mikhail Granlin. Uh, it's a perfect match, him and Bruce Boudreau. It's a perfect match also with Coyle uh, and Zucker. Luckily, Zucker is not going home to Las Vegas, so at least not yet. Maybe one day he will later in his career, and that's his business if he does at this point. Um, will Dumba continue to improve? I hope so. I'm not sure. I'm skeptical. Obviously, he's very skilled. He's got a great shot. Um, he's very aggressive, but sometimes the aggressiveness turns out to be a horrible mistake, and you get the odd man rush going the other way, and next thing you know, the the, the lamps are lit up on the other side of the rink when maybe the Wild should have had something going on. <laughs> in the opposition zone. That would have been nice, but unfortunately, things go as they do at times with Matt Dumba's inconsistency, maybe Dumba type plays. Okay, pardon, pardon the lame pun there, but mm, if he can, as long as he can work consistently with Jonas Brodeen, work well there, he's going to be on the second pairing more than likely with Jonas Brodeen. Though things are always subject to change. You're going to have Ryan Suter with uh, Jared Spurgeon, the right shot. I don't think you're going to see Suter a whole lot with Dumba. Maybe once in a while, though, and that wouldn't be the worst thing. And then either the Goose, Gustav Olofsson with Kyle Quincy, or uh, Mike Riley with Kyle Quincy. It's going to kind of be a back and forth between those two. Um, and of course, Quincy may be down, and then you switch one of those guys over to the right side. That's the, you know, it's all a matter of, <laughs> it's all a matter of time, I guess, where things go. Unfortunately, again, Quin- uh, Susie, Susie and Quincy are the ones I'm getting mixed up. Susie on his way to Iowa to start things out. But, of course, he had so little time in the AHL last year, so that might be why. You don't want to just rush him to the National Hockey League immediately where he's basically just took off his... Uh, he basically just took off his uh, Duluth Blue Devils jersey as they lost last season in the championship game. <laughs> yeah, um, that was unfortunate. Kyle Quincy, uh, 15 points last season for Detroit. Oh, no, no, he was... Uh, 
this is all mixing around. Yeah, well, he was with Detroit just a, a few years back. He was with Columbus and New Jersey last year. That's what happened, 15 points. Uh, he was traded to Columbus during the deadline last year, 15 total points. He's one of those guys, he's just, he's mostly stay at home, just kind of, you know, you're not going to lose a whole lot with him. That's the good part. He's not the great play. He's not. He's not a great player. He's not anything special. He's a bottom pairing type of guy. But he he's he's a presence in the locker room. He's a presence on the ice, and that's that's what helps. Years ago with the LA Kings, he had 38 points, 34 assists during that season. Definitely part of the power play there that whole season. 27 power play points way back in 0809. But that's a long time ago. 29 points the next year with Colorado so on and so forth. Um, he, he was more valuable earlier earlier in his career. He slowed down a bit, been more of a stay-at-home kind of guy, more of a Nick Schultz type, and that's what he will bring to the wild at this stage. Not the biggest guy in the world, not the smallest, 6'2", about 220. So he's definitely not small. He'd beat me up, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm about 6'1", and 200-ish. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but just saying. Oh, uh, boy. Solid addition. The Wilds seem to be happy with him at this point, and we'll see what happens with Carson Susie and others in the program down there in Iowa and overseas. Somebody eventually will emerge. Kyle Quincy, a Band-Aid in the lower end at this stage. But I did, but I think he's an upgrade from Nate Prosser, El, El River's finest, with all due respect, at this stage. So that's where things stand there. Matt Dumba again. You hope he can continue the development. He's only 23. That's the positive part. And you got something going there. Of course, Winnick made $2.5 million last year. So that's the that might be the catch if you can actually sign Daniel Winnick as he is a veteran tryout at this point. Uh, if he's not up for a reasonable contract, like a million bucks or something, he's probably going to get sent to Iowa or sent packing. And that's where things are with Daniel Winnick. That's the one thing, again, is the salary. If he's, if he's willing to take a small amount, then okay, he'll be on the fourth line. If not... It's gonna things will have to change, and he might get signed with another club. As a lot of these veterans have been kind of hanging around, hanging around, but eventually they're gonna get signed by somebody. <laughs> it's most of them, and Daniel Winnick may take that gamble coming into things going into this regular season. Zach Parisi's health, okay, that's something we could talk about forever, and I think we already did. You get the idea there. Uh, Eric Stahl, can he continue where he left off last season? Just like I said about Granlin. What an awesome renaissance for Eric Stahl. And wouldn't that be great if Zach Parisi can bring something like that this year? I mean, that would be like a miracle, wouldn't it? If Zach Parisi... But the thing is, it shouldn't be a miracle, and you're hoping it isn't, because the guy's making, what, $9 million a year. So you're going to want a little, you know... You're going to want more production out of that guy. Uh, obviously, Zach Parisi. And he's been so productive in his career, and he works his ass off. So it's not like I'm thinking he's just, it's like bilateral leg weakness with Joe Maurer in 2011. Nobody knows what the hell it is. And again, look at Maurer now. He's had a wonderful renaissance for the playoff-bound Minnesota Twins. We'll see what happens at that. Um, but that's what we're hoping for from Zach, Zach Parisi. And then when you hear the, the back issues and such, they say it's different. That's the good thing. They say it's different than what was ailing him the last year and a half or so. So hopefully it is. And yeah, we'll just sit and wait on that one. Oy, just like the Vikings with uh, Sam Bradford. It's not ACL related, but it kind of is because, yeah, I don't know. Um, mm, that's This isn't Purple Mafia, but do check that out when you can. Purple Mafia, Minnesota Vikings podcast. Yours truly is the host of that show as well, for those of you that might be new to this one and don't know about that yet. <sighs> Where was I? Mm. 
Suter, there's not really a whole lot to say other than just keep up the good work for the most part. I mean, you, you hope his minutes get brought down a, a tiny bit, but it seems like every time you think Suter's minutes are going to get brought down a little bit, they go right back up again. And then it's just like, whatever, oh, brother. Uh, but at least you didn't hear about he was gassed uh, every freaking game. That's that's what gets frustrating. If he's gassed, then what's he doing out there? Like, for crying out loud, does that make any sense? Does it make any sense driving a car without gas? I mean, that's kind of what the Wild did there, you know, under Mike Yo there, you know. So that was kind of a, a little flaw in the coach in there, you know. Got to put your foot down and uh, tell Sparisi to sit on his sit his ass on the bench for a couple of minutes there. Okay, I love I love imitating that guy. So that's about my comments with Ryan Suter. Just yeah, I mean, at least he's not banged up. At least he's not damaged goods like Zach Parisi at this stage. So. He's uh, earning the contract for the most part. It's just the frustration with the salary cap not going up. A lot of people hoped it would, and it never did. And and yeah, whatever, right? Whatever. Well, maybe if these other teams keep kneeling for the national anthem and people keep getting frustrated, like me, that uh, people start boycotting the NBA and NFL, maybe they'll wise up and start watching a little hockey. As long as these guys don't start kneeling during the national anthem. Maybe the ratings will go up a little bit, and then the salary cap can go up. So, hey, maybe it's a blessing in disguise, at least for the National Hockey League, who's dying for viewers. I love the NHL so much, and I think they deserve better when it comes to, you know, I mean, they're getting paid well, but I think they deserve better when it comes to salary cap and and uh, TV contracts and all that, and I hope that this is an opportunity for them. I hope the viewership is up. NBA fans, you know, I'm a fan of basketball, but not a fan of the personalities in the NBA of late. Not a fan of the young generation that tends to get pretty cocky thinking, yeah, well, hockey's this, hockey's that. Basketball's 10 billion times better, and yeah, what does this do for hockey? Yeah, look, look at the hockey contract. Look at the basketball contract. Like, basketball's gospel, and it's better than everything in the world. I don't agree. It's not at all. Um, so we're just going to kind of leave that alone and hope for a higher salary cap. I think I made my point there. Eric Stahl continue. Hopefully he can continue the Renaissance. Jared Spurgeon just love the guy to death. Just love him. And he continues to have career highs every single year. He went from what, what 29 points to 38 points under Bruce Boudreau. And 29 was great. Now he's at 38 last year. Hope he can continue to do what he's been doing. Plus 33 all year last year, despite the icky months, the icky like month of March there. And April, you know, April is just kind of what it was. Ah, you know, you played some cream puffs. It's kind of like the Gophers uh, non-conference schedule, you know. Both Gophers, football, hockey, well, all of them, football, hockey, and basketball. So <laughs> maybe hockey not so much, but, but football especially. Yeah, it's always cream puffs. Um, Berdine, I don't know. I mean, I liked his progression last year. He was, uh, it was fun when he got to play with, um, Christian Foline, but he's gone, and that's too bad. Christian Foline had the knee injury that just kept nagging after a wonderful start to the season. Brodeen was starting to get productive on the offensive side. It was pretty cool, and he had 25 points last year, for those of you that think of him as a guy that provides nothing. Uh, he was scoring some goals and assisting on the power play a little tiny bit here and there when Luke Cunning was, or why did I just call him Luke Cunning? Uh, Christian Foline was out there, and that was really nice. He was able to pair up with Foline. Foline was able to stay back for uh, Brodeen a, a chance to be to be involved in the offense a tiny bit, and, and it worked out, and okay, we talked about that extensively in the past, but for those of you that are new, yeah, I mean, it was it's, it's too bad that uh, things went the way they did with Foline with the injury, and now off he goes to the Kings with 
uh, Darcy Kemper, who will be backing up Jonathan Quick. Coil, I, I don't know, the consistency, it's all about consistency with the guy. If he can be consistent, he, he, he'll he take that next step. He, he took the next step in, in total points last year, but you just didn't get the vibe. You just never get the vibe like he's going to be this 30-goal guy. Um, as much as you want it to happen, he didn't even get 20 goals last year, and he only got 20 goals once, and the one time he did, he just stopped. Uh, he had a, like a month and a half left in the season, which is plenty of time to continue the surge to maybe the upper 20s, which should be great. And it just never happened. It just stopped. And that's kind of the case there. And oh, he had a ton of assists, though, with an improved offense around him. And uh, that was fun with Eric Stahl and, and others along the way last season. He had a very productive top 12 last season. And that was fun. Like, as Coyle bounced around from third line to second line to top line, even a very short stint on the fourth bleeping line because of his inconsistent play when Alex Tuck was put on the top line as he was called up, thrown right to the Wolves and put on with some studs out there. Now Tuck will be skating with the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep, Yule Eriksson-Eck will be on the NHL roster. A lot of people are very confident in him. It's time for him to take that next step, because this is the next wave now. The next wave. Obviously, I've talked extensively about the Coyle, Granlin, Brodeen, Dumba, Zucker, and Niederreiter wave which some people thought included Brett Ballmer and others that are no longer on the team. Of course, Zach Phillips, those are two that did not work out at all. But these guys did work out. They made it to the NHL, every single one of them. So makes Fletcher look a lot better than uh, Mr. Uh, Doug Risebrow, who basically had to sign a bunch of Daniel Winnicks to keep the team even afloat for a while there. That's kind of what took place. And that's what ended uh, Doug Risebrow's run with the Wild because of so many failed draft picks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just like your first round pick was a Tyler Ennis. That's what Pierre-Marc Bouchard, you, you know, luckily you had Koivu and Gabrick, but that was nice at the beginning of the, your time here. Eventually you got to add some others and he never could get around to that. Um, so now it's the next wave coming in. Erickson Act, Yul Erickson Act, Luke Cunning, uh, Mr. Greenway, Jordan Greenway. Boston University, probably his final season there, most likely. Carson Soucy, hopefully, uh, lower end when it comes to like a being something, but we'll see. And of course, Kirill Koprizov, we could go on with that one, and others. Uh, the next wave is just getting started here, and hopefully these guys start to make a little impact at the NHL level. That would be extremely exciting. Oh, wouldn't it, though? I, I would be so pumped to see these guys emerge. Um, Nick Sealer, of course, did not make the NHL roster. Just say it, but he improved so greatly in Iowa, and that's the that's what you hear over and over and over again from those working with the Iowa Wild is how much Nick Sealer improved last year, and that's the exciting part. Um, Gustav Olsen is part of this next wave as well. Mike Riley, they're kind of, they were kind of the early starters of it with Yuletide, Yule Erickson Eck last year. Not a whole lot to say yet. Not a whole lot to say. You saw little flashes with Olofsson. Riley, the year before, was actually the one people were excited about. And he was all right. And he came in last year and stunk up the joint. Um, he went up. He would go up too, too quickly, lose control of the puck. Next thing you know, odd man rushed the other direction. And down he went to Iowa. And he didn't even do well there until later in the season. So, mm, hopefully the goose, Gustav Olofsson, can uh, also take that next step up. He looked smart last year, actually a little smarter than Riley, and then he started making mistakes here and there, a little out of position, and next thing you know, goals were getting scored uh, when Olsen was on the ice. So, kind of in and out when it comes to things with uh, the goose there. 
Okay, uh, that pretty much sums things up, really. I mean, Jason Zucker, Nito Niederreiter, again, those guys can those guys can clearly score in this at this level. They're very different players. Zucker is all about skill, 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 but he does provide smart, intelligent defense here and there. He can poke the puck away, and that's great. And that's that was the difference with Zucker from previous years, uh, the last couple of years here. What? And that's why Zucker became a very valuable NHLer. And then then he had that down year two years ago. Next thing you know, he's starting to score like crazy when Torchetti comes, and now with Boudreaux, even better. But still, never got to that 30 mark, and Niederreiter never got to the 30 mark. Wonderful numbers. Great jump in his career. Total numbers last season, what did he have? 55 points, just overall, 57, pardon me, 25-point season. And that might be what Niederreiter is, just a 25-point guy. Again, a more physical-style player out there at times. Can be a little bit of a power forward, but not like a major presence. He's a presence out there, but it's not like he's this force, which hopefully Jordan Greenway can become that uh, in due time, as he will more than likely get to Iowa come March, depending on how far Boston University gets in the NCAA tournament in the springtime, which we all love to watch so much. Um, I don't know. Have these guys reached their ceiling? Coyle, Niederreiter, Zucker? We hope not, but I kind of think so, maybe. Granlund, I think, is the most, most likely guy to continue to emerge. Some people like Pat Micheletti, who, boy, oh boy, he is in love with Mikhail Granlund. He believes in the Eastern Conference that uh, Granlund could be a 100-point guy and that he will reach 80 this year. And I think that's the next step for Mikhail Granlund. It's all a matter of will he do it. I hope so. Um, at least get into the 70s. He got the 69 last year. He can't get much closer than that. So, But yeah, 80, I think, is realistic, especially if other players emerge. Like maybe somebody unexpected gets that 30-point mark. Uh, 30 goal mark, then that's more assists possibly for Granlin. Maybe Zucker gets to the 30 goal mark. And Koivu continues his emergence. Koivu is the final topic here right now. Uh, captain of the team, I, I better bring that up right now here. Of course, he inked a two-year extension for $11 million. That is 5.5 per, which it's slightly less than what he was making before. But, mm. so some people were hoping that you maybe let Koivu go and have all that cap space I don't blame the Wild for keeping him. Obviously, he wants to be here. He's a part of things. But, shoot, you're just kind of stuck at that 5.5 mark. And it doesn't really change the... Uh, you're kind of rewarding him. If you keep keeping him around, he's going to be 37 by the time that, that two-year extension is up. You hope he could continue things. He's He's been banged up at times in his career, but the last couple of years, the last two years, Miko Koivu has been fantastic. Um <clears throat> Much more consistent, strong. He's not missed games, and he's just been better. Um, he was even good in the Dallas series, which is amazing. But last year against St. Louis is the usual uh, postseason swoon for Miko Koivu. Mm. But, uh, yep, three more years left. The final year of the current contract, two-year extension, 5.5 per. So that cap space is taken the next three years, like it or not. Um, I'm kind of neutral a little bit. I like Koivu. I like what he's done. I understand the direction. You don't want to insult the guy and say $2 million or go bleep yourself. You don't really want to go that way with a guy that is stuck with this franchise as long as he has. But I don't think it's necessarily like you got to get on your hands and knees and say, oh, please, Miko, sign this extension. We'll give you the same amount of money pretty much you've been making, regardless of your old age. Um, the hope is that Kiyokoiva will continue to play the way he has because I think that's a $5.5 million player. Yes, the last two years he's been that. The inconsistency is what scares you, and you want to see him take off and go somewhere else if he's going to be the inconsistent guy he was in years past. 
But, oh boy. Mm. So, it's kind of a catch-22 here. You like it, you don't like it. It is what it is, and you're stuck with it for the time being. So, thank you, Miko Koivu, for the contributions you've given this franchise for the last several years here. Now 12 years, which is crazy. Uh, it's been good, and, well, it's, it'll be nice to have him around. You just hope he'll continue to do what he has been doing the last two years. Any type of drop-off, and it's like, oh, boy. Mm. And the Wilders continue, and the Wild continue to be stuck because, of course, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter aren't going anywhere if you like it or not. And the other frustrating thing with the Koivu contract is there is a no-move clause in the contract. Ugh, that's the frustrating part. That can annoy the hell out of people. <clears throat> what if things aren't going so well and somebody wants a veteran center like Miko Koivu and he says, no, I'm not going anywhere. Well, whatever, man. Then you can't get rid of that cap space. It is what it is. Uh, well, yeah, we're just going to have to let things, uh, let the chips fall as they may. Let the chips fall as they may. Um, again, Tyler Ennis, as good as he was the last couple of years, you hope, again, that he this time he can stay healthy and have that wonderful year with Boudreaux. We'll just let that play out. I've kind of rehashed, bounced around. I've enjoyed the living daylights out of talking about this, though. <clears throat> I do have high hopes for this team. I don't have Stanley Cup hopes like I did around Christmas time last year. I mean, I felt so good about this club, and it was so fun. I think this team will be very much in the postseason. I don't see there's any if there's any reason why this club should not advance past the first round. It's just the doggone Mickey frickin' blankety-blank, you-know-who Chicago Blackhawks that aren't going away. Um, they brought Evil Otto back like I talked about in the last episode. They brought some of the old gang back. They brought Patrick Sharp back. It may do something. It may not do a whole lot. The last couple of years, Chicago's been beaten the first round, so that's the hope that the Blackhawks will struggle. The way they got destroyed and annihilated by the National Predators is the hope that uh, maybe things are finally starting to unravel there in Chicago. Um, that's why the uh, the leaders of that club were worried and wanted to bring back Brandon Saad during the glory days. Uh, and Saad still has quite a career ahead of him. Evil Otto with that evil smirk, Brandon Saad. Um, that's what they're hoping for in Chi-Town. Um, interesting fan base. I tend to find Chicago fans to be much more likable than, say, Green Bay Packer fans, than, say, Detroit, or no, Detroit Lion fans. Of course, the uh, Colorado Avalanche fans I cannot stand. So... It is kind of what it is. That's kind of the most obnoxious fan base for me. St. Louis, eh, the ones I met were not the nicest people in the world, but, uh, well, I think they're better than Colorado. I hate the freaking Avalanche fans. So, And Canada, I don't really have a whole lot of hate for any of the can Canadian teams, and I don't frankly understand why people hate Canadian teams. Like, maybe you did back in the day because they had a major advantage, advantage right? <laughs> Especially the Montreal Canadiens, but that's like you know, the, the 70s here. Um, so I'm, I don't have a whole lot of hate for Canadian teams. Um, we'll be talking quite a bit about Canadian-type teams in the second segment because I think Canada's making a nice comeback in the NHL, and you just might see a Canadian team finally win the Stanley Cup again this year or next. And I think there is a Canadian team that will be the next Blackhawks slash Pittsburgh Penguins in the coming years. You can probably guess who that team is because they have the next star in the NHL. So... There's your segue. On to segment number two. I think the Wild, let's say, uh, well, I'm going to leave that into the next segment. Mostly, though, I, I see the Wild finishing in the, they're going to be in the division lead again, and I do think they will advance past the first round. They're not going to be in the Wild card, and if they are, this is a failed season for me. Failed. Um, if they're in the Wild card, 
area. That is a huge disappointment. They need to be in the top three in the Central Division. They absolutely should be. And I don't know. I mean, I, I understand they're Chicago, St. Louis, and Nashville. But why shouldn't the Wild be better than one of those teams? You, you, if, if they're all better than you, and of course Dallas. Yes, Dallas. If they're all better than you, my God. Um, the Wild got to at least be third in that division. But I'm thinking second or third and, well... God forbid, maybe we actually win the division finally. So with hopefully, hopefully that'll be the case. With that, we will send you into the season preview right after this. segment, the NHL season preview. We've got to talk about that now to see how things are going to shape up here for the National Hockey League, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, the flop, the surprise, conference finals and Stanley Cup finals and champion of all that good stuff that like, I like to do every single year. Let's open up with the Eastern Conference. Well, I've got a good feeling about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they're going to continue to progress. Uh, last year, I picked them as a surprise I thought they would compete, make things interesting. I didn't think they'd actually make the playoffs. And I've got a sneaky feeling they're going to make a little bit of a playoff run this year. I don't think they're going to have a particularly great record. They'll probably be in the bottom half of the Eastern Conference. They'll probably be on the road and, and all that. But i got a feeling they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just got a feeling, but maybe I should get uh, back to where I need to be. The flop in the Eastern Conference, is it finally going to happen? Are the Washington Capitals finally going to go downward? I keep picking them to flop. They keep having a great season, but then they flop in the playoffs. They save their little flop into the postseason. Columbus, are they going to drop off? Was last year just kind of a myth, a mirage, all that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, New York was a lot, in a lot of ways a flop last season. New York uh, Islanders, not the Rangers. The Rangers could have had a better record, but then again, no, they were awfully good. They still had 102 points. Even the Islanders, 94, it's not like they were terrible, but they didn't make the playoffs. So that was disappointing. New Jersey, they're a team that could be on the rise a little bit. Carolina, I always kind of liked them, but I don't know. There's no real major evidence that Carolina uh, Hurricanes are on the verge of something. Buffalo's had so many progress, uh, prospects accumulate over the years, thanks to Chuck Fletcher and other general managers across the NHL. One of these one of these years, one of these days, Buffalo's going to kind of emerge and get better and better and better. And Gosh, they were almost 500 last year. I've got a kind of a feeling... I think I'm going to go with Buffalo's going to exceed expectations. I don't think they'll make the playoffs or anything, but I think they'll exceed expectations. They'll move up a bit. Uh, I think Detroit and Florida are going to kind of stay down where they are. Columbus, I don't know. Um, I do think Buffalo is going to emerge a little bit and from there not quite make the playoffs, but I think they'll be in the mix. They'll kind of be up there with Tampa Bay and the uh, New York Islanders, maybe Philadelphia range with 88 points. Hard to believe Philadelphia had a 10-game win streak last year, and they didn't even come close to making the playoffs. Just weird. It just shows how competitive the NHL has become. As you remember, back in the old days, you'd be like, oh, just beat the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple times, and you'll make the playoffs. Or beat the Ottawa Senators a couple times, and you'll make the playoffs. Back when the Senators were a lousy club. Um, I think the Senators will continue to emerge, make the playoffs, all that. Montreal will probably be in the playoffs again. Boston, not too, I don't know. You know, if they make it, they'll barely make it. I think Toronto's going to be better. I think they'll be in the 100-point range. Like right around 100, 100, 
102, something like that. And I have a feeling they're going to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Washington, gosh, I want to pick them as a flop because I just keep seeing it happen. Right now, I think Columbus is probably going to disappoint in terms of expectations after a 108-point season and a like an unbelievable winning streak last year that just never ended. It was crazy how they knocked, knocked the Wild off and just kept going and going and going. But um, I think Columbus will drop off. The, I wouldn't be surprised if they miss the playoffs, even though they're very talented. But they'll, they'll be in the mix. Maybe they'll still make 100 points, but I could see them as more of like an 8th seed, 7th seed type. Uh, that that's my gish that's my gist right now. I kind of think Washington. I mean, they're just gonna they're gonna hang up there. They they have too many scores and they have such a great goaltender and they a good you know they're just an overall good team. It's just when playoff time rolls around, when the Stanley Cup playoffs start, they tend to just drop off. Maybe they'll get past the first round and then once they touch Pittsburgh at some point, they're gonna lose and they always lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the Penguins are basically the Chicago Blackhawks of the Eastern Conference, which makes me not like them any more than the Chicago Blackhawks, quite frankly. Um, just because they have Jake Gensel doesn't mean I like him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to cheer for the Pittsburgh Penguins just because they have Jake Gensel. Yeah, they had Matt Cullen too, but now the Wild have Matt Cullen, as we talked about in the first segment. Finally, got Matt Cullen in the mix again. Uh, we tried to get him last year. He wound up going back to the Penguins, and then it was like, okay, let's go with the young guys, see what happens. Erickson Eck had his little run and all that, and in and out, and he started off strong and kind of, you know, the rookie bug kind of caught up a little bit, all that. But hopefully, again, Eric Zanek uh, is going to be a full-time NHLer this season, as I am expecting, and as you heard earlier in the show. Um, yeah, I mean, right now I'm going to go with Columbus as the flop, and Toronto, and not, not Toronto, but Buffalo as the surprise in the Eastern Conference. Conference Finals, Pittsburgh versus Toronto. Pittsburgh versus Toronto. The Penguins will three-peat in the Eastern Conference. Will they three-peat in the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but the Penguins will return to the Finals. They're going to beat Toronto in like five or six games. It won't be that close. Toronto will make it interesting for a little while, and then Pittsburgh will pull away like they always do. And right now, I can't pick anybody to beat Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference, even though I'd sure as heck love to. I'd love to see Montreal or Ottawa get there. I'd love to see Toronto get there. Um, but I, I don't know, and Washington's not going to do it. The Rangers, well... I don't think so. Uh, gosh, it's been a while since <laughs> well, since the Rangers won the Stanley Cup back in 94. That seems like ancient history. But uh, they did make the finals a couple of years ago and uh, kind of got beat. Uh, they got beat fairly easily <clears throat> by Jonathan Quick and the Los Angeles Kings. Darcy Kemper's new club. you got to love that. Oh, Darcy Kemper, the backup goalie behind Jonathan Quick. It always turns out that way where it's a team that this guy happened to play well against. He winds up going there because they're impressed. So Western Conference, man, how are things going to go? Mm. I think Minnesota is going to, well, they're going to have a similar season to last year. They're going to get over 100 points. Chicago had a spectacular season, kind of, right, except a poor finish to the year. The Wild almost caught them. That was kind of funny, but it was just too little too late. Uh, we played a very softy schedule at the, in the last week of the season and took advantage of it and got 106 points after a terrible month of March. Nashville, I, I I don't know. Um, that was a nice run last year. I wish they won. I didn't want to see Pittsburgh win, but that's just how it goes. The Nashville Predators, Western Conference champions last year. Anaheim, obviously kind of a mainstay. They're always going to be in the mix. San Jose, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Sharks. Um, man, I, I, have, I have no idea. Uh, my buddy over there met on Twitter. We did a show. That was so much fun on the uh, Puckologist podcast over there. 
in San Jose. Love that show. Uh, Calgary Flames, I think they're going to be in the mix. They're going to keep improving. Um, Kings, no, I don't know. <laughs> you know, they should be in the playoff mix. They should be in the hunt. It might be, be between San Jose and San, uh, Los Angeles, I think, over there in that Pacific Division. One of those two is going to make it. There's another club I see improving dramatically, though, and they will be in the playoff hunt. Will they go beyond that? I'm not sure. I think Arizona is going to be the surprise in the Western Conference. <laughs> that might sound crazy to some people, but Arizona is going to emerge in a strong way. I mean, anti Ranta, nice addition. They had some other additions along the way. Um, I, I would like to see Arizona at least be competitive. They'll be in the 90-some point range. They'll, they'll be in the mix, upper 80s, low 90s, and maybe they'll get even better. I, I don't know. Um, Vancouver's going to stay where they are, way at the bottom. Colorado, well, we'll see what happens. I don't think Colorado's going to get a whole lot better, but they continue to get high draft picks, at least, for their sake. That's helping them out. Dallas is going to be back in the mix again. they got Ben Bishop at goalie. Ouch. Uh, watch out for the Dallas Stars. They're going to be better. Um, they're going to get some more consistent goaltending as long as Bishop is as advertised, and he should be. I think St. Louis is going to drop off. What a shocker, right? Yeah, St. Louis is going to drop off. Um, Mike Yo, I, I I don't know. I, I don't think he's going to last that long in St. Louis. I think last year was a nice little you know surge like he tends to do. Maybe his little surges will keep him around there in St. Louis for another two, three years. And eventually the shelf life will expire on Coach Mike Yo of the St. Louis Blues. I I don't know. Um, Jake Allen, that was a miracle little run there against the Wild. And it just figures. It's always like that. And back in the, uh, back in the, in the, in the season wrap-up, I was talking about how the whole thing just sucked. And you know what? It's not like the Wild sucked. It's just bad luck. Really bad luck. And, you know... You, you run into the wrong goalie, wrong time, and all that. St. Louis was not the better team, but uh, Jake Allen ended up being the MVP of that series, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. The Wild did underachieve a little bit in that series as this, as it progressed. The first game, they were just phenomenal. The second game, they were just about as good. And then once it got to 3, 4, 5, uh, you saw some lapses. Game 3 was very disappointing. Game 5 <clears throat> was also very disappointing until the massive surge at the end, which was all for naught, just like the year before against the Dallas Stars. You make the spectacular comeback, and it falls short. And it's just, gah. But that's why you don't fall behind by three or four goals. You know, th that's what's frustrating. You know, Dallas, St. Louis, back-to-back -back years here. I think the Stars will be back in the postseason. I think St. Louis, well, they're either going to be the eighth seed or out of the playoffs. I can see them dropping off this year, though, significantly. Uh, San Jose, same thing. They both had 99 points last year. I think both of them, at least one or both of them, will miss the playoffs. And I think the uh, Stars and Kings will be in the playoffs next year, more than likely. Winnipeg, I don't have, I don't know. I don't know what Winnipeg's going to do. They're they're always lurking. They're always dangerous. Luckily, the Wilds tend to play fairly well against them. Just on the road sometimes, it doesn't go so well. And that can be frustrating. There's a team in this conference I can see, and I think a lot of you will agree with it, that uh, they're, they're the next team in the Western Conference. And it's not the Anaheim Ducks. It's not the Chicago Blackhawks. It's the Edmonton Oilers. And they're going to get to the Western Conference Finals at a bare minimum this coming season. This, this is the year that Edmonton Oilers at least get to the Western Conference Finals. Chicago Blackhawks added some of their guys from the glory days. You got Patrick Sharp back. You got Brandon Saad, old Evil Otto, back in the Mexican. Chicago will be a home ice advantage type of team in the playoffs. Maybe not throughout the playoffs like last year, but that didn't do them a whole lot of good anyway. They got swept in the first round by Nashville. Wow. <laughs> I'm still, my head is just still reeling thinking about that. 
It's too bad the Stars, uh, excuse me, the Wild couldn't play Calgary in the first round instead of St. Louis. Like, if you had a one versus eight rather than, like, division BS. I, I don't like the just division playoff thing. It's cool. It's cool the first couple of years. Like, yeah, we get to play Chicago again and St. Louis again. And then it's like, okay, but this is bullcrap. Why are we, like, you know, we're not getting rewarded for a great season. You should be able to play a, one of the softy teams in the first round to get further. And then hopefully build up from that. Just like going down to the minor leagues, cracking a couple home runs, come up and wow, your swing has improved. And that's kind of like my thought process. I mean, you should be rewarded for having the second best record in the Eastern Conference. Play Calgary, maybe ah, Nashville or something. I don't know. But the it was all for naught at the end of the day. I wish, I wish the Wild would have played San Jose. Maybe the Wild would have won that series. But I don't know. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? You're probably all rolling your eyes listening to me at this point when I talk about that. So woulda, coulda, shoulda. Edmonton will get to the Western Conference Finals. The opponent will be either Minnesota or Chicago. And I don't know, in good faith, I've, I have a feeling the Wild are going to get further this season. I think they're going to break through. I mean, it's all been a matter of time. I don't think adding a couple of guys from their glory years is going to put the Blackhawks over the edge. I, I think here it comes. And they're not going to be the flop or anything. But I don't think... I, you know, I don't think they're going to keep this run going, that they're going to win four or five Stanley Cups since 2010. I, I think the Stanley Cup run is over, at least for now, for the Chicago Blackhawks. I can see Minnesota and Edmonton in the conference finals. How crazy is that? Uh, rematch of the 91 Western Conference Finals, or Campbell Conference Finals at the time, because things were quite different back then. I mean, Toronto wouldn't have been in the Western Conference back in the, uh, if, if it existed. It was the Campbell Conference and um, the North Stars won the Campbell Conference that year, and it was wonderful. But I do think that Edmonton is going to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. I, I just have a feeling. Um, I like the way the Wild play against against the Oilers, but Connor McDavid and the Oilers, I just can see I can see them going on a run this year that's going to make memories. I'd love to see the Wild beat Edmonton, and if they do, hey, more power to them. It's the happiest day of our life, especially if the Wild actually hoists the Cup against the Penguins in 91. Just imagine, rematch of the 91 Campbell Conference Final, even though it's not the North Stars, but it's Minnesota again, you know, Minnesota-Edmonton, and then go against the Pittsburgh Penguins again in the final. But I think it's going to be Edmonton and Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup Finals, and you're going to see similar situations to the, the early 80s when the Islanders and the Oilers went at each other in the finals. The first time around, the, the Islanders won, and they, they beat the, the Oilers, and then the Oilers came back the next year when the Isles were going for their fifth consecutive Stanley Cup, and Gretzky and co. crushed the New York Islanders in that series, and they started a run where they won four Stanley Cups in a span of five years. Spectacular. And then, of course, the trade, and the infamous trade with the LA Kings that changed the face of hockey for the rest of time. That was really disappointing and sad how things took place with the Kings and Oilers there and uh, Gretzky going to Los Angeles. A true travesty indeed. Hope that uh, hope history doesn't repeat itself one day with Connor McDavid going uh, to the glitzy city or something like that. I, I would hate to see that. Um, would love to see the Vegas Golden Knights emerge and be good too, but I don't think it's going to happen at this stage. <laughs> one of these days we'll see the Knights in the postseason, but who knows how they're their, uh, the, the progress of the franchise is going to go in the next couple of years. It's all just wait and see with that. Obviously, it, it, it takes years. Sometimes you start early, but then again, that all, that sometimes can stunt your long-term growth because then you don't build a whole big, gigantic uh, <laughs> farm system 
and the Wild have kind of struggled with that pretty much since the beginning of their franchise, just being able to build a nice, strong farm system. Um, you have some, but you never have that elite guy. You never have the, the, the star uh, top three draft pick, and even those sometimes don't work out either, like Neil Yakupov and others like that along the way. But Minnesota versus Edmonton in the Western Conference Finals. Is it homer pick? No, because I'm picking Edmonton to win the West. And that Stanley Cup Finals, I think it's going to go to seven games. You're going to see Connor McDavid versus uh, Sidney Crosby in the Stanley Cup Finals. It'll be one of the most watched series of all time, I believe. I think it's going to be great for hockey. And I'd like to see a changing of the guard. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Edmonton doing it, even though that might sound kind of crazy. But Crosby, when, when Crosby beat the Detroit Red Wings, that was a changing of the guard. Like how the Red Wings beat the Penguins the year before, and then the Penguins came back to play against Detroit again and beat Detroit in the Stanley Cup Finals. The only reason really actually right now, though, that, I'm not, that I wouldn't pick the Penguins is because I just don't see them winning three straight cups. Because nobody's done it since the Montreal Canadiens in the late 70s. I mean, way back when I was born, in 79. That was when the Montreal Canadiens were winning you know, three consecutive Stanley Cups. Uh, it just doesn't happen very often. And, of course, New York Islanders. What am I saying? They went four straight, uh, 80 to 84 there. Uh, 80 to 83, actually. And then Edmonton took over in 84. It's like, maybe, maybe I will pick Pittsburgh, and then Edmonton will win it next year. It'll be something like that. I think... Either Edmonton's going to win it this year, and that's the changing of the guard. They're the new Chicago. They're the, you know they're the new dynasty. They're the new great team in the NHL. The new Pittsburgh or Chicago, maybe not dynasty, but like kind of dynasty, like Pittsburgh and Chicago are. Maybe you'll get Pittsburgh and Chicago in the finals, and then you'll get the <laughs> the two Goliath cl- uh, clashing, and then one of them will win their fourth cup, and that'll be the end of that. Um, or again, Edmonton and Pittsburgh, and will it be a changing of the guard? Will it be a Nice try, but go home, son, and see you, see you next year type of thing. I'm going back and forth in this one. Mm. I mean, right now, I guess if you have to say gun to the head, I, I guess Pittsburgh wins, and they'd be the first team to win three in a row since the Isles in the early 80s. I guess Pittsburgh wins, but then <laughs> Edmonton will be back, and they will win the Stanley Cup multiple times afterward because I strongly feel they are the next Pittsburgh or Chicago in the uh, in, in the NHL. They're probably closer to Pittsburgh at, at this stage because they're, they're even more stacked, possibly. Um, yeah, I mean, they're the next Pittsburgh because they have, like, the potential MVP of hockey for the next 10-plus years. So, can Connor McDavid, the face of the NHL. As good as Chicago is, they don't have the face of the NHL. They just have faces of the NHL, that type of thing. They're way up there, but not the number one guy like Sidney Crosby has been the last 10-plus years here. Um... So there it is. I guess Pittsburgh over Edmonton in seven, but Edmonton next year will win the cup over Pittsburgh, in my opinion, unless the Wild have something to say about it, and I hope they do. But unfortunately, at this stage, I can't say that. So, yeah. Let's check up a little bit, see about on Facebook here. To get to Facebook, the Facebook page anyway, it is facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. There's also... MN Wild players, MNW players, pardon me. It is facebook.com forward slash MNW players. I'm an admin on that page. Pavel, Bonnet, and Merrick Skyba run that page out of the Czechoslovakia, the Czech, uh, excuse me, Czech Republic there. Um, really appreciate what you guys bring to the Minnesota Wild, and it's just awesome. I mean, everything 
from the ECHL all the way up to the NHL, the college ranks, everything. Obviously, the Minnesota Wild are their number one thing, but they check on all the prospects. They keep up with all of them as well. Kaba Hockenen and, and others. Um, it is just, you know, it's a complete website if you're a giant fan of the Minnesota Wild, the website and the Facebook page. Do join the Facebook page. I'm proud to have that. I will have the link to the page in the show description. And of course, links to the Twitter account at Brave the Wild. And of course, like I said before, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Um, what else is here? So there's no comments at this stage recently. So that's okay for the moment. want to appreciate all of you for joining and listening at least along the way. Thank you again. Uh, I think I thought I had something. Here we go. Uh, Benny Allen, very excited about the Matt Collins signing. He says, yes, Matt Benny Allen out of Australia. Always cool to have Australians listening to the show. How cool is that? I believe uh, I believe Vince Germano listens at times as well. Um, I think that's it. What else was there? Clicking reports. Uh, I'm not sure what this is about. Um, hmm. Yeah, so we'll just kind of leave things as is at this stage. I forget what this was all about, though. Oh, yes, the Kirill Kaprizov news. Yeah, they were talking about getting him on board as well, so that the whole situation with him, um, also like rumor and all that. Yeah, I was wondering what the post was about. But yeah, how it's not necessarily a uh, situation where Kirill Kaprizov won't be coming right away. He still might be able to be brought on board uh, sooner than the three-year situation with that Russian contract. So, it's not necessarily all in stone. And Stephen Hedger says he should score 35... Uh, he should. He, he should be. He should have scored 35-plus last season, honestly, as far too many missed opportunities. Well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's been, a lot, that's been the case for a lot of players as well, where yeah, it's like missed opportunities sometimes injuries, this and that, get in the way, and it derails what could have been a spectacular season. You know, I mean, Dmitry Sokolov, I can't wait to see what he can do at the next level and beyond. Um, the next level, AHL and beyond. Would be amazing to have him on board the National Hockey League roster. <laughs> so that's about it at this point. Uh, I want to encourage you to join the show via audio submission or call in. There's the phone line. It is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, shout out, comment, question, and enjoy. Uh, there's the Call Now button, which goes to the same line through Facebook Messenger. Same type of deal. You could be on your phone or whatever and interact with me the same exact way as before. There's a three-minute limit on that voicemail and then audio submission. There's no limit, but I prefer you to keep it to about five minutes maximum. And you just uh, save it, save your uh, file, and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. And um, there you go. I just take it and uh, add it to the show. The uh, email address will be in the show description as well, where you could just copy and paste it and send it right away to me, and I'll get it on the next show. So thank you again. God bless, and we'll talk to you very soon about real games in the National Hockey League. 